Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. As you go into that CEO world, your world changes and, and, and as every, you know, whatever leadership world, your world changes, you've got to be conscious that what you were good at yesterday and what you did isn't necessarily what you need to do what everybody else needs from you. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Mike Wardell. Mike's the CEO at Geocom, a cloud service provider to IT companies and resellers, enabling them to gain access to cloud products such as Office 365, hosted exchange, security and backup services, while supporting them and delivering an exceptional service to their customers. Mike joined Geocom from KCOM in 2016 and has more than 10 years of senior leadership experience in IT and telecoms. Mike's a commercially driven professional whose experience and outlook provides constant insight and direction for the business. Mike joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Mike. Thanks, Amy. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you with us. I'm looking forward to this. So can you tell us a little bit about your organisation, what it stands for and what you're working towards, please? Yes, so Geocom is a cloud service provider, Mm -hmm. which basically means that we provide um, software to small businesses. So things like um, Microsoft products, you know, Microsoft 365, email, PowerPoint, you know, all the stuff that people are used to, to using everyday security. So, so anything really a small business needs from a, from a technology point of view. But we don't provide that direct to businesses. We we help IT businesses or managed service providers do, uh-huh. do that. Um, and really, how we kind of think about our business and, and what it stands for, we're there to, to help our customers, the, these IT providers, be highly efficient and effective. And, and the reason for that is that, that one, you know, people don't have much time. So mm-hmm. we help give them time back. Can we make them more efficient? And can we make them more effective by making sure they have the right software products, the right training, the right marketing, the right enablement, whatever it is. And we think if we can do that, we can have a positive impact on quite a lot of people's lives. So, you know, whether it's the small businesses who are at the end of the chain getting the right software and, and developing their business or our customers who are either you know, more profitable or spending more time with their families. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And so I guess in the line of work that, that you are, the last couple of years has been quite busy for you. would imagine you've been up against it as a leader. Uh, yeah, I think, I think for most businesses, they'll be going through similar stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we've got at a slight advantage that we are a sort of cloud business in terms of the seller technology. So, yeah. so going back a couple of years, everybody moving back, to work or moving to working from home and then back in the office and back and forth mm-hmm. at least from our point of view getting people home safely was very stressful but actually went went really well mm-hmm. um and i think overall i think that's probably been been the tale of the, i suppose the last two years has been a lot more focused on on the teams and the people and, and how they are and and, yeah. and and you know mental health and, uh, and all those kind of things um Trying to do that remotely and not having that sort of temperature check of everybody being about has, has been difficult. And then I think combined with that, there's been um, challenges for businesses, you know, in terms of managing their cash flow, and you know, people fail away and all that kind of stuff, which impacts everybody. You know, and likewise, you know, in terms of getting hold of people and you know, customers getting up onto site. 
yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, hopefully, like like all of us, are, are sort of you know, such such work is that hopefully things will get improved and we don't sort of see this continual yeah. in and out of various restrictions. Absolutely. And so in terms of the key challenges that you face as a, a leader of that kind of organisation, what are you up against at the minute beyond all of the pandemic challenges that you've clearly overcome? Yeah, I mean, the, the first bit is the kind of new way of working, I think, in terms of, you know, work from anywhere or, or whatever it is and and trying to do right by everybody. There's a business need for people to connect and, and, and be together and certain roles to, to be closer. Um, but equally, people have been working remotely for, for a number of years now, so how do you balance that off? And sort of combined with that, we're seeing high wage inflation for a lot of roles, particularly technical roles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and everybody will say this, recruitment, um, again, particularly in technical areas, the, the, there's a skills shortage, um, which we, we seem to have in lots of roles across the organisation. Um, but if I look at um, stuff that's that's outside of, I suppose, what everybody will say, is that in, in our industry, we've seen sort of a lot of convergence. So we're, we're having a, a voice call over Zoom, which is a software product. So all of a sudden, you start seeing software encroach on traditional telecoms products. Uh, how do we help our partners and our customers adopt the right technology for the future, combined with how their staff are working and, and the right technology to support that? Absolutely. And I guess to, to a certain extent, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is the role of your organisation also to help those MSPs keep up to date with the correct, new technologies? Correct, yeah, exactly that, yeah. So, which, which, and people are in, in different technology journeys and they're on different sort of ways of working. And it's trying to help help them, like you say, keep on top of the, the latest technology and what's coming down the line and mm-hmm. what, I suppose, what solves the problem rather than yeah. just saying, look, there's all these products here. You know, what what is right for each scenario? Yeah, absolutely. We were having a conversation the other day about whether or not Zoom's going to be the next Kodak. Did you see the uh, the post the other day? Somebody had had a meeting in the metaverse already. They'd had a sort of a face to face, if you can call it that, meeting within the metaverse. So if Zoom doesn't then keep up with the times, potentially they could be the next Kodak. So I guess one of the challenges for you maybe is that it's moving that quickly. Yeah, I think technology is changing quickly. And you look mm-hmm. at, I mean, obviously we're, we, we, we're a Microsoft sort of partner. So, it, you know, we are quite close to them. And they do sort of similar, obviously do stuff like this in their Teams products. Um, but they've got sort of anchor point of they're still sort of linked into email and everybody's still using email, aren't they? And yeah. I remember sort of years back saying the death of email, email is going to finish within the next two or three years, but we're still using it. Yeah. So I think it, the certain stuff is it's trying to understand what the benefit of technology is rather than just change for change there. Yes. Which sort of yeah. keeps all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Great. And in terms of your journey into leadership then, how did that happen? Was that by design? Was it quite an organic process? Because I obviously had a look at your LinkedIn profile. And I saw the accounting, is it an accounting degree you did? And then went to KCOM and then to CEO of GCOM. Uh, yeah, um, it wasn't by design. It's probably the short answer. Uh, okay. Probably by, by, by accident. I think like like most people, I say most people, I think this is most people. When you, sort of, you know, at college or at school or at university or, or whatever, it's quite 
difficult to understand what you want to do. And I don't know, looking back, I, I didn't have an understanding of all the jobs and opportunities and, and actually what skills you needed to do each role. Um, so I just did what I was good at at university and then I've sort of ended up in a, in like say a finance job. Um, and that just kind of evolved. And then it, whenever there was any kind of disruption or change in, in, in KCOM, there was a new opportunity and a new role or applied for a role that came up and sort of went into, I think I went into what you'd call management um, as, as I saw it at the time, which is, you know, as it says, managing people, do this, do that. And I think it took me quite a while to realise that there's a difference between leadership and, and management. You know, management feels, and this is a bit too brutal, but management is kind of like tell somebody to do this task and, and manage that task. Whereas I think leadership's a bit more about, I suppose, working together with a team to, to deliver vision and, and supporting that team rather than, you know, they're sort of, I suppose, you, you're helping them deliver their vision as opposed to you telling them what to do. Yeah. Uh, and I think, again, it took me, a, 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 you know, a while to realise that. Um, but so some of it was done, I suppose, by accident, other bits by sort of coaching and working with, you know, some good people. Um, and then, like you said, sort of evolved into that role, got approached about a role at, at, at Geocom, which was a finance role to start with, and then, just naturally took on more ownership, more accountability, and then got us to the CEO world, what, probably five years ago or so now. Fantastic. And in terms of leadership then, do you think that there are characteristics that either you've had to develop throughout that, that process or that all good leaders should have? Uh, yes, and I would probably say I've had to develop most of them. Okay. I mean, well, again, one of the things I think you learn as you go through whatever um, career path, where you start, you're probably good technically at that role, and then you might become a team leader, and you still need to be a bit technical, but you need some sort of management skills and so on. And as you kind of go up, all that stuff that you learn and you build your career on is no good anymore, right? So my accountancy degree, as you mentioned, isn't it? It's good to have the numbers background and so on, but I don't use any of that in my role, so it sort of diminishes. Mm -hmm. I think that some of the sort of key characteristics for me is yeah, communication, fundamental and I think it is across most roles but what you realise in a leadership position is sometimes people only hear you once you know, so you've got to be really clear on what you yeah. say and, and, and that communication method um, and you have to over communicate I think, at times as well so I think that's 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 important I think other people probably look at um, for decisiveness, as in, you know, again, in, in, in my role, I don't actually have to make many decisions because I've got a team that do that. Mm -hmm. Actually, the decisions I do have to make are probably ones where I'm going to upset somebody or pretty difficult ones. Uh -huh. But, you you know, that's what you're paid to do. So you you have to be quite decisive and say, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. Might be the wrong answer, but we, we've, we've got to make a call. Um, and, I've, and probably, um, most importantly, is, is how... How do you get the best out of your team? How do you build a high-performing team? How do you empower them? How do you support them? And I think that is, you know, much more of a softer skill, quite difficult because you naturally, especially if you've got to a certain position, you naturally want to do stuff yourself. Yeah, and, yeah. and actually you've got to kind of stop that because you haven't got the, the number of hours in the day. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and thinking about your style then, is, is that, 
Is it influenced by a particular piece of advice or a particular experience earlier on in your career? There's, there's probably a number of things. I think it, just just going back to probably my career, there was a, there was um, when I was when I was doing the finance roles, and somebody had said to me through coaching and, and, and a development sort of piece of work was that finance probably wasn't the right role for me um, because of, of my nature in terms of you know risk taking let's say you know there's one of many and also kind of wanting to look at a wider piece rather than just the sort of end, end bit and that sort of shapes me kind of thinking about getting involved in in um in more activities more experience and ultimately has ended up where i am today but one specific piece of advice which i still try and stick to today was about doing only what i can do um, and what that means is that, you know, I could probably um, create a spreadsheet for something, right? but it doesn't mean I should do it because mm-hmm. somebody else can do that. So you, your time's quite precious. How do you make sure that you, you, you're doing it for stuff that nobody else can do? So there's only the stuff that only the CEO can do, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, you know, helping create that strategic direction, whether it's certain customer meetings, whether it's, you know, something that goes along with the job title that, that you have to do and you, you cannot do, whereas there's other stuff, which you might be careful of doing, you might have the skills, but you've got somebody else to do that. Um, yeah. And I think that that is really important because as you as you go into that CEO world, your world changes mm-hmm. and, and, and as ever, you, you know, whatever leadership world, your world changes, you've got to be conscious that, what you were good at yesterday and what you did isn't necessarily what you need to do going yeah. forward, what everybody else needs from you. Yeah, yeah. It's probably one of the key challenges, I suppose, is, is of letting go of that as you step into a leadership role. I would imagine that's, that's probably one of the key challenges. Yeah, you can't help it sometimes. You say, oh, yeah, I'll just do that. I'll, I'll roll my sleeves, I'll get that done. Yeah. I think I've, I try and be really sort of um, critical on that sort of stuff, going, hmm. I could do that, it's quite yeah. important, but there's somebody else who can do that as well. Uh-huh. Um, and it is hard because it's, it's a lot easier just to start doing stuff, but then you realise that a week, a month, a year pass and you've just been doing stuff and, and yeah. made, made a difference that you want to. Yeah, it's probably probably really easy done as well because the, that's the stuff that got you where you are, but it's yeah. not the stuff that'll get you where you want to be. So yeah. like, yeah, I can see that definitely. And so, is that the advice that you'd offer someone looking to follow in your footsteps? Then, so either they were right at the start of their career and had the sights set on the CEO seat, or they were just about to take a step up into a leadership role. Yeah, I think um, I think there's that probably something else. I think I think the reason that's important is that with, with you know, anybody who's probably come to this position uh, is me included. That transition from letting go of something, particularly if you've developed within an organisation, therefore mm-hmm. you're you're the expert of your old, old job. So yeah, it's, yeah. it is difficult to let go of that stuff. And I think you've got to, if you're going to be successful, you've got to, like, you, like you've just said, whatever made you successful to get you there is not going to get you to that next level. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one thing. I think the, the other bit is just about making sure that you share what you're thinking and where you're going. I mean, it's quite, again, everybody will say it's quite lonely at times in this seat and you take a lot on your shoulders and sometimes you don't always need to take it all yourself sometimes mm-hmm. that's you speaking out to your team and and sharing what you're thinking not necessarily a decision not necessarily where we're going but this is the stuff that's kicking around is probably is quite helpful because then yeah. people understand the context of certain decision making or what you're doing or where, or where you are 
Um, and I think that can be sort of underestimated where where you do think because you're in that job, you have to take all of that. If you have a good team around you, they'll help you. Absolutely. And I suppose the reverse of that is the engagement within that team then, the fact that they feel trusted to get that insight. I guess that's a, that's a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And, and is there a leader past or present then? It, maybe if there isn't one that's influenced your style, is, is there someone past or present that you particularly admire? And if so, what is it about them? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there's anybody necessarily who's sort of influenced my style individually. There's lots of people you look at. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I pick up a lot from books and, and, and what other people have done and, and learn from them. And it's probably a big uh, mismatch. But if I picked anybody, um, I think Steve Jobs is a good one. And, and the reason I say that, he, he sort of came from quite sort of humble beginnings. So it wasn't like he was massively given a, a head start. Yeah. Can look back through, um, through sort of child and stuff like that, and I think that the fact that Apple is such a sort of well-known, massive company, and you know he's kind of credited with with bringing that back from extinction. So yeah. look at it now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, everybody's got you know an iPhone or an iPad or an iWatch or whatever else is such a big company. And, you know, he's managed to, to help that business do that and, and have that, not only manage that sort of creativity and ideas point of view, but get it delivered. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no mean thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so beyond those, Walter Isaacson wrote the Steve Jobs biography. Beyond that, are there any other books that you've read that have influenced your, your style? Yeah, I've probably got a long list. Uh, <laughs> so I think, if, you know, Simon... Sinek, yes. I that right, start with yeah. why. Yeah. That's a great book when you just sort of boast the back to, you know, why are you doing it? You build it from there. I've, mm. I've used that my teams before. Yeah. Um, there's one called um, by Matthew Sayed, which is Black Box Thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which it's just a, a lot about how the sort of, sort of brain works, but equally it talks about things like how you should embrace failure. And you learn yeah. from it and how you sort yeah. of pick up from that rather than people kind of keeping it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one bit, I think it was talking about um, planes and, and the black box and the fact that black box in a, in, a, in a plane is shared to kind of stop problems across all, you know, yeah. all different carriers. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at things, I think we've said in the States, with doctors and, and operations, that's not shared. And you're thinking, just imagine if everybody sort of shared yeah, yeah. they learn and stuff and that you know particularly in stuff that impacts people people's lives i think that sort of stuff's quite um quite quite interesting yeah. and I, suppose, I could go on forever but one other one i really like is the um seven habits of highly effective people by yes Kobe. Kobe. yeah so mm-hmm. it's obviously quite an old book and it, it you know it can sound a little bit dated but i think the principles behind that are, re- are really good and if you kind of bring yourself back to those you realize sometimes doing the doing the wrong thing and the change that yeah, yeah. It's, that's timeless classic that one definitely i'm really enjoying it. have you read rebel ideas by matthew it's said it's on it's on my list actually oh, is yeah. it i've not yeah, read I'm it yet. that one i'm not all the way through it yet but i'm, I'm enjoying it i'd recommend it so far okay, i might move it up the list then <laughs> brilliant brilliant and so what's on the cards then for geocom over the next six nine twelve months what's what's on the agenda that you can share with us um, so we've just become, I say just, it's, it's probably not that, it's probably nine months or so ago now, but we've um, we've become part of a, a wider business now. 
And I mentioned that convergence piece before about telecoms and cloud products and Zoom or Teams versus traditional landline or mobile. Um, so we've joined um, a business called, uh, which is called, which is called DigiWS Group, and we've got sort of the cloud um, products um, and, and DigiWS has the telecoms products. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more how do we build a proposition, a platform, a service that you know can help our partners even more. So obviously now when you're on stuff like Teams or, 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 you know, or, or, or Zoom or any of this sort of stuff, you suddenly need a different infrastructure to support that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm guessing most people have been on calls with people at home where the camera's gone on and off or they've lost service. So yeah. us only providing part of that jigsaw under Geocom as time goes on is going to cause a problem, whereas now we can provide that full solution, whether it's the voice, whether it's the connectivity infrastructure, whether it's the software that sits on top of it. So, so really what we're looking at now is how do we bring these businesses together and create one, one brilliant business to serve, serve our partners. Fantastic. Fantastic. And in terms of that technical recruiting piece, then, if you, I mean, the audience for this is typically business leaders or HR professionals, but we will get people that obviously are interested in Geocom as an organisation. In terms of the recruitment side of things, from the technical point of view, are you sort of recruiting across the board? Are there vacancies that people can take a look at on your website? Yeah, there'll be vacancies on the website. I think we, we're we kind of always on a little bit of recruitment mm. so that people can, can send details across. We, I don't think there's an area of the business we're not recruiting. Okay. And, and I dread to think how many sort of urban roles we're looking for now, but I bet it's not bad than 50. Right. Okay. Wow. Um, so I keep you busy. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, Mike, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you, you too.